like, this next album gonna be crazy. Wait, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Um, we're keeping this in the show. <laughs> Just found out that Adele and her husband broke up. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, sad for her, but smiling on the inside for her next album. <laughs> You're awful. I am awful. I'm sorry. Hello. Welcome back to Space But Messier. Welcome. Maybe we won't. No, we'll keep that. Um... I, you know, we really have to stop taking so much time off where we say, we're back, welcome back, so. What, it's been a month? Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a month, <laughs> and we have a really cool episode for you today. Yes, we do. Super excited. Um, we also have a lot of news that has happened um, over the past couple weeks. We're not going to go back the full month for current events, but um, this past week has been eventful enough, to say the least, past two weeks. Yeah. So, how have you been, Flo? I'm pretty freaking good. Pretty freaking good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How are you? Why? Um, no good reason. I just had some killer avocados. I told you, I was telling Tony earlier, I found this, um, like, discount grocery store that's unreal. I got avocados the size of my face. Three of them for $5. <laughs> They're probably super good for you. They're so good for my heart. Yeah. <laughs> like on an emotional level, but also on like a cardiovascular level. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super freaking good. I'm super like amazing. How are you? Um, good. Oh my gosh, somebody just walked by and scared the crap out of me. So fun story. <laughs> We're recording in my car right now. Um, and no terrible things have happened that we can't go to our usual recording space. Yeah, it's just, it's a bit far away. It's like a 20, 30 minute drive. And I I was putting uh, my daughter down and there just wasn't a lot of time. And by the time we got, you know, up to Irvine, it would have been like... We would have gotten there now. We would have gotten there like now. Yeah. And it's late. Yeah. So... It's like nine o'clock. Yeah. And we're like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Flo and I's lives are extremely busy and opposite schedules, hence the month off. But the only way that we could record this was in a car right after I put Adelaide down. So here we go. Ready to rumble? Um, To answer your question, I am super good. Work is good. We finally got a condo. I think I don't know what the last time we recorded was. Wow. They're getting there. Um, we were kind of like pushed out of our apartment because there was a leak in the building and there ended up being mold there on Thanksgiving. And so, um, we've been staying with my parents and Jenna's parents. We've been switching off, um, for like what? Five months. Five months now. Oh yeah. my gosh. So we finally found a place about a month ago, two weeks ago maybe. And we've been doing some renovations on it, um, which is really exciting, but I busted up my hands pulling up the tile. So. That's why she asked about my hands. It's been fun. Super fun. Did you get those, like, chain mail gloves that you can wear so you don't cut your fingers when you're cutting vegetables? What? Right? Chain mail? Kinda. Like, thin chain mail? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I'll get you I'm some. actually going to Home Depot and getting like a, a tool to help me take up tile because I did the whole baby room with just a hammer and it hurt. Oh. Hurt my knees. I'm Catholic, but they still hurt. <laughs> Still a little sensitive. Still sensitive. <laughs> um, cool. Let's dive into it. So today's episode is really cool because I was doing some research for a personal project of mine about um, what it would be like on specific planets if you were to live there. Hmm. Or like basically um, if there was an alien race that did exist on those planets, like what, how would they be? How would they live? What kind of characteristics they were? And then, is this for your super secret project? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's really, really fun. But then it brought me to say, 
that there's so many other cool things in our solar system other than just the planets, ones I didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. So this uh, episode is all about uh, the 10 places in our solar system that we actually want to visit with spacecraft, uh, uh, different space agencies around the world, uh, really interesting parts of our solar system that most people don't know about. Flo, why are you laughing at me? You forgot about the project. No, 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 I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing at myself, because Tony called me a couple hours before we started recording and said that this was the topic. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, shoot, I need to think of ten places really fast. And so I was like, um, Saturn's rings. <laughs> um, Pluto. And so then I was so relieved when I found out that it's we as a collective Oh, humanity. you thought I meant, like, which ten places do you want to go? <laughs> Saturn's closest ring. Yeah. Saturn's farthest ring. <laughs> yeah, no. We want to send spacecraft. I don't want to go to many of these places. It'd be a pretty Is this we, trip. the USA, or just, like, humans? Humanity, in general. Super. Um, cool. Let's talk about probably the most obvious uh, current event. Yeah. You guys have all heard that we finally got an image of a black hole. So astronomers developed the first ever image in a series of six papers published Wednesday. This past Wednesday? Two Wednesdays ago. Two Wednesdays ago in the Astrophysical Journal Letters. Wait, today's Tuesday. Yeah, last Wednesday. Nice. Um, over 200 scientists involved in the Event Horizon Telescope collaboration describe how they collected enough light from the black hole at the center of the galaxy Messier 87 to reveal humanity's first look at a black hole. So many people thought that it was the, gal the um, black hole at the beginning of the center of our own galaxy, mm. but that's not true. No, Messier 87. I don't even know how we... I mean, there's so much stuff in the way of our galaxy. Yeah. I don't know. Like the top that 10 things that hard. I want to see. Um, oh, we should add that. Yeah, for real. The pictures of this black hole fit the predictions perfectly. The black hole is enormous. It is 23.6 billion miles across. Jeez. To compare to that, Earth is 7,917 miles across. So pretty so close. It's like pretty similar. It's pretty big. <laughs> um... So it would take just over 2.98 million Earths lined up in a row to span the length of M87. For a sense of scale, Tell us. the <laughs> average person <laughs> would be able to visualize, like me, like you. This helped me a lot. Because um, average people see these all, <laughs> all the time. The time. <laughs> um, so just for your own point of reference, it would take... Uh, 2.98 million. million adult giraffes um, <laughs> to span the diameter of Earth. So picture your local adult giraffe. Picture it 2.97 billion times. Million times. Yeah. And there you have it. You're there. Oh, now yeah. I see it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Thanks for that. Which, <laughs> we don't have any giraffes near us. I hope y'all do. But we do have a zebra that lives... We do. 20 minutes from us, yeah. San Juan? Is that yeah. where it is? In the little zoo? It's not in a zoo. It's just in a stable. It looks like the Racing Stripes movie. It's just a bunch of, like, horses. Little zebra in the middle. Huh. Yeah. So Wait, if you where? want to set him free. Do you know where? Literally off of trail. Off of um, that one road that's really dangerous that people always die on. Ortega. Nice. There you go. 
Were you trying not to say it? Yeah. <laughs> you said Irvine earlier. Oh, that's true. Also, no one cares. And everyone that listened to us knows us. <laughs> We're not so. living in Lake Forest. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, guys, we used to live in a city called Lake Forest. And Jenna and I, that's where we moved from, and just found out that, A, there was a crazy man who started a fight at Salvation Army down the street, then um, ran out of the Salvation Army into a random woman's home, grabbed their knife set, and started chasing everyone around the house. The two girls ran upstairs, and the mom ran out of the house to protect her daughters. Super badass. And then the, the guy, she lived. Spoiler alert, she lived, thank God. But the guy ended up stabbing her, like, a bunch of times. And then uh, the reason why they found them is because the camera on somebody's doorbell recorded him chasing her down the street. Horrifying. Horrifying. So that happened... Uh, two main blocks, two main streets away from our old house. And then Ooh. yesterday, there was, what happened yesterday? What did we a say? car accident? There was a car, a fatal car accident right outside our main grocery store. Like, what the heck? I mean, I know a lot of you live in, like, unsafe areas. I'm not trying to, you know, say that we're just so, you know, privileged here. Look at us. We, like, that, that's the only crime we have. But it's still freaky. It's weird when scary stuff happens near you. Near you. Like, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Well, I mean, Jen and I would hear gunshots. We've heard gunshots twice living there, and it's just, like, not fun. Yeah. So, anyway, we're glad to be, we think that we're very intentionally moved away from there, which is good. We just wish we had more giraffes nearby. Speaking of black holes, um, (laughs) the cool thing about this is that scientists say that the the most surprising thing is that they actually uh, weren't, um, I guess, what am I trying to say? The most surprising thing is that they weren't surprised at all. Um, This model... This uh, image actually fits their models really, really well, and it proves that Einstein was really, really close to the truth. Well, in regards to black holes, he was right. So his theory of general relativity predicted that gravity is a result of massive objects, namely black holes, uh, changing the curvature of space-time. So back in 1916, he predicted that black holes uh, would have a huge influence on the objects around them, and this new observation kind of um, gives truth to that, which is really cool. Um, so, uh, it, the thing that's that's really, really cool is that we, we've been studying black holes for a long, long time. Kind of ever since, um, kind of ever since Einstein came out with that theory, and it's been a hundred years, and we just now saw the first one. Like, how do you take a picture of something that doesn't emit light? Yeah. I mean, it does on the outside now, but crazy. It's gotta be so hard. And the cool thing is, the coolest thing for me is that it looks just like the one. If you refine the image, which I hope that they can, it looks like Gargantua from um, Interstellar. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. With that light spinning around it, super cool. Okay, yep. next. Uh, remember um, that SpaceX launch that we talked about last time, um, named Bereshit from the private Israeli company, where um, SpaceX launched it to the moon. Um, well, it reached the moon. But it had an, it had, well, okay, it crashed. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it technically reached the moon successfully. And then uh, what happened was they sent a software update to the spacecraft and it ended up disabling its boosters for landing. Hmm. And so by the time that they got control of the spacecraft again, it was too late and they couldn't fire the boosters. Um, and that, I mean, just a side note, I work in software and... It, you know, there's so many checks. You know, every time we, you know, deploy a change to the application, there are, are so many other areas of the app that it can affect that will eventually raise things like bugs in the future. 
So, you know, like if somebody comes to us and says, hey, this page isn't functioning correctly, sometimes it's like, oh, well, this app update that we did like a month ago mm-hmm. affected this other area of the app and we had no idea until somebody brought it to our attention. And it's super, super common. So it kind of blows me away that they didn't check that software update before uploading it to the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that they are stupid for not doing that. Just it's interesting that it didn't come up. Um, but, you know, we are the seventh country to orbit the or Israel is the seventh country to orbit the moon and the fourth to reach the surface. So it's still a huge accomplishment, um, even though they didn't make it. They tried. They tried. Um, but they started developing this lander as part of the, the now dead Google Lunar X Prize um, to send the first private vehicle to the moon. And that competition only ultimately ended up without a winner uh, when none of the teams launched before the deadline in 2018. Um, but Space IL kept on with its mission because they had so much done already. Um, and so it launched on Bereshit, or Bereshit launched on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket earlier this year. Awesome. Yeah. Speaking of competitions, whatever happened with that astronaut one? Did they pick someone? I don't know. Oh, that's a really good question. Nice. You oh, look into that. I'm gonna look. I'm up. gonna talk about SpaceX some more. Because we are the SpaceX official podcast. <laughs> so SpaceX launched its Falcon Heavy again, and they landed all three boosters. They um, lifted a Saudi Arabian telecommunications satellite towards the geostationary orbit. And then less than in less than eight minutes, the two boosters landed. And then a few minutes later, the last booster landed on the ocean platform, which is named, of course, I Still Love You, in yeah. reference to the last crash. The last time it tried to land on an offshore platform, it did not make it. Well, it made it, but it kind of exploded on the platform. So this time, it actually landed successfully on the platform, but... Due to stormy seas, it fell over and oh, crashed wow. on its way home. So, uh, still a lot to learn, but still more successful than the last time. And no hard feelings. Yeah. Um, remember a while ago, I actually have no idea when, but I know that we talked about this. I think it was last year. We talked about a study with two twins, and one of the twins was an astronaut, and the other twin was not. Um some of the results of that study are coming out. So astronaut Scott Kelly spent 340 days in space from 2015 to 2016. So we already know that space travel is super hard on the human body, and we have a lot to learn before we're actually ready to start living on the moon or on Mars. But they found that he did come back with some cardiovascular problems. He also came back with some issues with his immune system, but that returned to normal once he came home. Um, they're also thinking that the life expectancy of humans might be longer in space. So they were able to measure that with the length of telomeres, which is the nucleic sequences at the end of chromosomes that protect them from damage. And it's kind of like the way that the little piece of plastic, the aglet, protects the tip of your shoelace. That's what the telomeres do. Sweet. Super sweet. So, Scott, he made it back. I'm a twin. I want to go to space. Actually, <laughs> I don't really want to go to space. But, um, so I have a quick side note. Um, before we start here, I listened to a podcast called Gravity Assist. If you guys haven't um, listened to it, it's by Jim Green, who's a, um, one of the head scientists over there at NASA. And he does some really cool episodes, and this month is all about the moon, so he interviewed Jim Bridenstine, NASA's new administrator, and if you want some, you know, inside info on 
you know, the NASA administrator and his background and everything that they're working on. It's a super good episode, so check it out. Nice. Yeah, I enjoyed that the other day. And one of the things that it, that came up was they were talking about why it's so important to go to the moon. And a lot of people are like, let's just go to Mars. You know, sometimes people think that Democrats want to just go to Mars, Republicans want to go to the moon, and everyone's split. But in reality, um, it's not about what we sh- uh, it's not about what people want to do. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. It's it's really what we should do. Um, and JPL's mission statement is for the benefit of all um, humankind. And so. What that is, is looking out for, while space is risky, it's looking out for everyone's best interest, even the people that are testing this. And if this twin study tells us anything, it's that humans are not ready to go to Mars. Like, we literally have not evolved enough to survive there. Um, We need to go to the moon first. We need to test out our living capabilities. We need to test out uh, medicine. We need to test out, you know, things that will prolong our life and allow us to live in space for long enough because the Mars mission is a two-year mission. You know, it's going to take nine months to get there. So we're really, really, it'd be a suicide mission to go to Mars. So I'm really happy that um, the current administration wants to go back to the moon. Um, and what they say is we're not going back to the moon. We're going to go forward to the moon. So hmm. we're going to keep a sustained presence there. So we should be really, really excited about that and understand that space is hard and it takes time. It's dangerous, dude. So that's kind of where NASA's at. You don't have to listen to the episode anymore because that's basically what it says. <laughs> Um, cool. So, where are ten places in the solar system that you want to go? Number <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know>. one. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the first one are called Mercurian ice traps. So this is on the planet Mercury, which is closest to the sun. Um, there are spots that contain uh, not liquid ice, but uh, solid ice, salt water. Um, that reach negative 280 degrees Fahrenheit, which is way too cold for being that close to the sun. So it's a really, really interesting place in the solar system where they're deep enough to be unaffected by the sun's heat. Uh, It's really, really cool. So on Mercury, the ice traps on Mercury is number one. Number two is this sweet little spot in Venus, 30 miles above above its surface. The temperatures are very similar to Earth. Yeah. Very, very cool. But it's poison. (laughs) (laughs) So useless. Warm, but covered in sulfuric acid. Yeah, not ideal for breathing. But the temperature, you you could be there. Comfortable? Yeah, you could. As you die? As you die, you'd be comfortable. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, Cool. Number three, it's a comet slash asteroid called Bathion. So it's got a super eccentric orbit where it goes super close to the sun and then past Mars, out way past Mars near the asteroid belt. And so this is typical of icy comets, but when Phaethion approaches the sun, it doesn't produce that really cool like tail-like coma there, um, like that all comets do. So astronomers think it's more like an asteroid. Um, But theories around what it actually is... um, include the possibility that it's a, it, it's a dormant comet. So, you know, or a comet that turned into an asteroid. So there's basically this, this body that, because of its orbit, we don't know if it's an asteroid or a comet or well, really what it is. Uh, so that's something that would be interesting to study, um, especially as it goes super close to the sun and then way out past, past Mars. Yeah. Um, so it's called Bathia, number three, Bathia. Number four is Ida and Dactyl. Those so... sound like Pokemon to me. I never played Pokemon. What? Yeah, sorry. What? I didn't do Yu-Gi-Oh either. Oh, neither did I. You didn't do Pokemon? No. 
I don't think I even knew what it was. Did you have a Game Boy? Not until middle school that my friend got was getting rid of hers and she passed hers on to me. But I only played. Say she passed away. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just played this one like SpongeBob game on it. I know. I also didn't know what Harry Potter was until like the seventh grade. Okay, this is a car that I can actually ask you to leave. (laughs) I can do that. I like didn't know. Isn't that crazy? I shouldn't judge you for what you. But it wasn't my know. fault. It was because no one was talking about I know. it. In my little bubble. There was a lot that I didn't know. Wow. I know. Next episode. <laughs> More than wow. ten things Flo should know. Oh my gosh. Doesn't. Okay. Sorry. That I Pokemon didn't fact blew me away. <laughs> so you don't have a binder of like holographic Pokemon cards in no. your attic? No. Okay. Cool. You do. <laughs> I know someone that has a binder of Yu-Gi-Oh cards still. Dude, they're going to be worth a lot someday, right? I don't know. Not Yu-Gi-Oh. I hope that, well, I hope that there were some Yu-Gi-Oh was not nearly as big as Pokemon. No, it's not. But maybe that it'll be more niche. Oh, my and God. And people will pay more for it. That's my hope, because if he's keeping that around. <laughs> yeah, true. So, Idendactyl, in 1993, the Galileo spacecraft was en route to Jupiter, and then along the way, it stopped to photograph, and oh, this is so funny. It sounds like a joke, but it stopped to photograph an unusual object. So, it was the asteroid Ida, which became only the second asteroid ever to be visited by a probe. Ida contained a tiny moon. Oh, I got this one confused with the next one. This one's not funny. (laughs) Ida contained a tiny moon named Dactyl, and it's the first satellite discovered orbiting around an asteroid. And so we call it a satellite because it's something that orbits, but it's not like a satellite, like a man-made satellite. It's a moon, but it's a tiny little moon. Number Uh, five is the cute and fun one. Go for it. Ah, Janus. And Epimetheus. So Saturn has a lot of moons, but two of its potato-shaped satellites, Janus and Epimetheus, have a unique arrangement. So these special guys share an orbit, wherein one is 31 miles closer to Saturn than the other is. But once every four years, the more distant moon catches up to the closer one, and the two perform a gravitational do-si-do, switching places. This isn't the one I was thinking of either. Yeah, I know which one you're thinking, you're thinking of, the pancake one? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> well, now you've so taken funny. two in a row. No, so this one's crazy because one is closer, the other one's further away, and then literally every four years on the dot, they li- they just switch places. That's wild. Yeah. Ida, no, I'm sorry, Janus and Pro- uh, Epimetheus. Cool yeah. Um, well, how is this one pronounced, Flo? Iapetus. Iapetus. Yeah. Yeah. But also, one last thing about Janus and Epimetheus is that no other moons in the solar system are known to have this kind of mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. That orbital mechanic. Yeah. It's the only one. It's the only one we've observed. So Iapetus is Saturn's, this is number six, Iapetus, Saturn's third largest moon. Um, it's walnut shaped, uh, So which is cool in a couple of ways. It's bulging at the equator. And it's got a weird black-white surface. So one hemisphere, it's coal black. And the other side is way brighter, like almost white. And um, uh, like a raised mountain range um, encircles the equator. So think of that. It's like a a moon with mountains at the center with one side black and one side white. Has like the highest mountain in the solar system too. Some of the highest peaks. Super crazy. Crazy. Now, the next one, which is even way more scary, is called Miranda, which is Uranus's moon. 
It has the biggest cliff in the solar system. Number seven, Miranda, Uranus's moon. If you're standing on this cliff, you're looking down 12 and a half miles. How many drafts is that? <laughs> I can tell you. That, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of drafts. At Wait. least four. I can friggin' tell you. He's doing the math. He's trying to figure out 2.98 million divided by... <laughs> uh, I'm doing it, guys. I'm Why don't you just it. look up how tall the average giraffe is? Oh. Like seven feet? Six, seven feet? Hey, uh, no, nine hey, feet? Siri. So it's like a giraffe and a half. No, that's... How tall is the biggest giraffe? Oh, shoot. Is it gonna... <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Did you just say the average giraffe was nine feet? <laughs> no, I said, oh, it's about as tall as a giraffe and a half. Twelve miles. <laughs> I was thinking in feet still. Well, if we did 23.6 billion, 23.6, 23, billion, so that's divided by 2. No, two, nine, eight million. What? Then that means that the average giraffe is not seven thousand miles. Is seven thousand no. miles. No, that's how long I'm the Earth kidding. was. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Wait, no, it's worth the airtime. They want to know now too. Look up how tall the average giraffe is. There's okay. an easier way to do this math. Yeah, it's on your phone. I don't have any service down here. Hey Siri, how tall is giraffe? 13 to 20 feet. So we'll say 20 feet. How many feet are in a mile? 5,236. What is 5,236 divided by 20? Wow. 262 giraffes tall. Wait, was that right? Yeah. The, no, the miles. How many feet are in a mile? Oh, I just took your word for it. Hey, Siri. <laughs> How many feet are in a mile? One mile is 5,285. Ah, close. Okay. You're super close. Okay, anyways. Yeah, you look down. How many drafts? Like 262. Gosh. So, that was so like special. A whole farm. <laughs> look, you're looking down and you see a whole farm. Oh, wait, can you imagine one farm <laughs> with 200 <laughs> drafts? <laughs> okay, here's the fun one. You could do. Wait. Um. Wait, no, this isn't the fun one. No, I know. I keep looking for it. This, I think it's, it was it's number nine. Oh. No, you're waiting for number nine. I know. So well, you do number eight number. so I can have number nine. Okay, so <laughs> the next one, number eight, still fun. Okay. <laughs> That's why it's on this list. Is <laughs> Way to put it if it wasn't fun. <laughs> number eight is Triton and Proteus. So Triton is the largest of uh, Neptune's moons, and it's the only round one. Um, so it's high on the, the list of researchers' places to send a spacecraft because... Um, it has a lot of weird, weird qualities. So it's in a retrograde orbit, so it revolves in the opposite direction of the planet, suggesting that it was, like, captured uh, in orbit, like a passing body, or like a Pluto-like body came across, and it was captured in uh, Neptune's orbit. And then it also has, check this out for all of you Game of Thrones fans, it has ice volcanoes, um, making it one of the furthest bodies out of the solar system that have active geophysics. First of all, it's normally way too cold for an object to have like active or activity under its core uh, in its core. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is pretty cool. And then its sibling, I uh, don't know how they know they're related, but <laughs> uh, Neptune's second largest moon, Proteus, um, is not round. 
but it's shaped like a polyhedron, which has, like, many, like, faces to it, um, or as in D&D, known as the D20. Um, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? Um, do you play? Um, kind of references that I currently play it. <laughs> currently, I, I'm recording a podcast. D- Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons is so flippin' fun. Yeah? Have you ever played it? No. Okay, I don't think you should. You would get way too into it and enjoy it way too much. <gasps> That's fun. Let's play. It's Do you own it? You have it, huh? Yeah. It's really Freak, fun. yeah. Game night at Tony's ripped up tile house. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we could actually use the tile as our game board. Basically, the dungeon master creates the, the story of the game. And then they create the, the actual dungeon map. And when you progress through the game, it it presents challenges that the dungeon master has created for you. And you have to be creative with your specific character and their specific abilities to get through um, the challenges. It's really cool. That's fun. There's all types of like races that have specific abilities and then you choose them. And then based on your imagination, you can choose how you come across it. So like my guy that I created, Oh God, this is, was not planning on sharing this, but um, his name was blank page. He was the daughter or he was the son of, Jimmy Page and one of the sisters in heart. Very, very cool. And then got sent in a time warp back to this time period. And he was a drummer and his his abilities were based on how awesome his drum solo was. So this is a little bit of like you living out your <laughs> your dream. I don't think that you need to be talking to me that way. <laughs> Let me remind you, I can kick you out of this car. No, but it's cool. Like you can create like your own universe all in one story. It's like okay, Office fans, that one episode where Dwight makes his <laughs> real world, and it's just him, <laughs> Tony's most extreme fantasy character. Just really good at the drums. It's blink. It's just good at drums. That's yeah. it. <laughs> You're like, gosh, this is so sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fun, guys. <laughs> we'll play. We'll play. I'm going to name my character Proteus. Are you, though? I think you're going to no, name I'm it. No, I'm going to name it our number nine spot, Ultima Fuel. So this is the super fun one. I think Picture Ultima this. Fuel-y. Fuel-y. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, so In close your eyes and imagine this. Close them. (laughs) (laughs) Close them. Unless you're driving. So, after speeding by distant Pluto, NASA's New Horizon mission made a brief encounter with an even more out there body. They nicknamed it Ultima Thule, which, what's its real name if that's the nickname? Um, (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Its real name is Jeffrey. The frozen Kuiper Belt object at first looked like it was two spheres stuck together and it looked like a snowman in space. But after the spacecraft completed its flyby, Ultima Thule was revealed to be as flat as a pancake and it's more like two skipping stones stacked up that had somehow gotten wedged to one another. So next time you're making pancakes and you want to make Mickey's head... Stack them up! Next time you want to make Mickey's head, just do two circles next to each other. And then you look like a freaking space genius. That's right. Ultima Thule. Amazing. Number nine. Number ten. That was number nine. Yeah, I was just saying again. That was number nine. And folks, number nine. (laughs) Number ten, the last one, which maybe seems kind of, I don't know, obvious, but maybe you didn't know, um, is the sun's tail. So at the way edge of our, our solar system, where the sun's influence is pretty much depleted, there's this huge structure called the heliotail. And so it drags behind, well, I guess 
it would help for you to know that the our solar system is, is moving in space. It moves, um, you know, our galaxy rotates and it moves in that rotation. So the, the tail drags behind uh, the heliosphere, uh, which is the bubble surrounding our solar system. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, that's basically created by the sun's wind and magnetic field. Um, but this comet-like comet -like heliotail has never been seen until NASA's Interstellar Boundary Explorer, or IBEX, uh, photographed it in 2013, uh, finding what looked unexpectedly kind of like a four-leaf clover, uh, which is cool the way Super that it comes cool out. shapes in here. Yeah, so these ten places, um, while there are ten places that we want to visit more, these are the ones that aren't so obvious that I thought were super, super interesting in terms of, well, I had no idea half of these even existed. And two, it's interesting to find out because, I mean, I really love science. I studied it in school, but I'm not a scientist, mm. you know, and it's not um, it's really cool to know why what our scientists want to see and why, you know, yeah. like what are the things that they find interesting, like probably Dungeons and Dragons, you know, <laughs> just saying they probably are playing Pokemon right now. And think it's really cool and wish that they could play the drums really good. <laughs> All I'm saying is that more people at NASA probably play Pokemon and Dungeons Dragons than you think. Oh, yeah. I'd guess that the majority yeah. have at least touched on that. Yeah. Hey, my favorite podcast does this one thing at the end, and I want to do it just because I want to share this thing. What? Okay, my favorite podcast is Abiding Together. They do this thing at the end called One Thing, and you share just one thing, and it can be like a song, a TV show, a movie, and a moment that happened in life, whatever, that, like, brought you joy or is good and shareable. Wow. Dope. Ready? Yeah. My one thing is the show Doomsday Preppers on Netflix. Tony, I'm sorry. What? You haven't watched it yet. Remember I told you about it on that drive? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. If you oh have gosh. a Netflix account... I beg of you or to go you and watch someone. this show. Yeah, swipe their password for a minute. It is so funny. Doomsday Preppers on Netflix. It goes and visits different families in the United States that are convinced that the world is going to end, but oh. every single one of them is convinced by a very different reason. Like, one family is convinced that um, the most extreme level of tornadoes are going to destroy the entire country right and then i think the whole world i don't know and then this other couple no tornadoes just hate united states <laughs> it's just us Maybe but they're like it's the end of the world if the u.s is over um <laughs> this other couple thinks that there's going to be an earthquake that disrupts this one fault line and basically the entire middle of the united states is going to fall apart which also isn't doomsday still they're not realizing what that means i don't think yeah it's also not really a bad thing for the middle of the... Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, Tony. Sorry. But please check it out. Every single family gets, like, raided by a team of experts who you never get to see the experts or hear from them. You just hear the one narrator's voice. But they get raided on, like, their food supply, their water supply, their protection, and then they have, like, an X Factor. A spoiler alert, in, like, the first episode... These people spend, like, radical amounts of money making, like, their bunkers and all that kind of stuff. And there's this one couple that, in order to make enough money to keep oh, prepping yeah. their house, oh, yes. they sell bearded dragons. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she explains, yeah, the bearded dragons, um, they can sell from anywhere from 20 to $200, oh. depending on the color, which... 
$20 is nothing. I'm sorry. If you are <laughs> saving $20 a peep, a peep. <laughs> A piece Easter. For, the <laughs> for these ugly little creatures to be like living all over your house I would hope you'd be making more money than that but my one thing is doomsday preppers please check it out and then message me on our Instagram account and tell me that you loved it <laughs> wow what's your one thing this week one thing uh I probably should have been thinking of my one thing while you were talking. You were too wrapped up in my storytelling. I was. <laughs> now I feel like it's limited to TV show that I'm watching right now. Um, it can be. What are you what? watching? I'm watching The Good Place. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. I watched a little bit of it. It is so funny. Really? Yeah. I stuck with it. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, so that's one thing. Do you want to describe the premise of the show? <laughs> yeah. I'll try without giving up too much. Basically, the premise of the show is Kristen Bell arriving at the good place which is heaven and um she's in this community of people that also made it to heaven but she it's very obvious that she does not belong in heaven they do flashbacks and it's very funny but she finds out very quickly that this was a mistake and basically the show unwraps the fact that she made it to heaven she's there by mistake and there's a woman in hell who should have been in heaven and they share the same name uh, switched and they got switched. Basically, that's the beginning. Uh, it's really funny. And then it ended up being pretty deep. Hmm. Um, oh, no. My one thing is I told a friend to read Foundations. Uh, I'm sorry. Foundation Trilogy by Isaac Asimov. And he just called me right before filming this. And he was... He's a co-worker. So when he called me, I was like, oh, like something... That's you know, weird. must be wrong, yeah. you know, at work. And he called me and he's like, I just finished Foundation and Empire. Oh my gosh, this, this, and this happened. This guy is whatever, you know, I'm not going to say it out loud. For those of you who haven't read it, it's 40 years old. You should read it. But um, <laughs> he was super excited about that. And that made my day. His name is Joe Schwab. And he is our newest Patreon subscriber as hey, well. Hey, Joe. So, thank you, Joe. You're awesome. Yeah, Joe and I are actually going to go to, there's this new exhibit at the Nixon Library called, I think it's called Apollo 11. And, yeah, we should go. It's going to be super cool. Nixon Library does awesome exhibits. I I can't wait to see it. But, yeah. So, thanks, Joe. Nice. Thanks for sharing one thing. That's, well, two things. (laughs) It's like three. God, what have I done? (sighs) Joe doesn't count as the one thing. He counts as his own separate category. Because we're so thankful for him. He does. Um, But that's all we got. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for... You know, being patient with us. Uh, we're busy. We're trying. And we love doing this, so we're doing it when we can. And, yeah, did you, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say thank you for listening. If you like this episode, could you please share it with a friend, share it with your mom, take a picture, screenshot it, put it on your Instagram, and share it with us. Um, we would love to hear from you and see what you're enjoying. Yeah, and if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash basementmessier. Um, or just go to spacemessier.com and learn how you can get more involved and even snag yourself a pretty cool (laughs) t-shirt. We just made new ones, by the way. They're sick. Sick. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Those aren't in our show notes, guys. They're totally improv. We didn't even know what note the other one's going to (laughs) sing. Yeah, and we're going to end this episode before I remember and ask Flo to do a freestyle rap. I know, I was trying to make sure you didn't remember. Um, Thank you so much, and join us next time as we set sail for the Space Pancakes. (laughs) Have a great week, guys. See you guys, bye. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Rocket plane, tranquility.